Hello, Erin. Hey, hello. Welcome to In3 Talks, your inclusive innovation incubator. It's been almost a month since the last long one. We did a short one last week, but this is the real thing. A so, very short one. Yes, a very short one. It's only six minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes. we'll keep this one around a normal 20 minutes. Indeed. So let's uh, get straight to the point of let's talk about in three. In three. Yes. Uh, the last time uh, we talked about the ecosystem catalyst and um, you have traveled around a little bit uh, and are trying to extend or expand in three. Tell us uh, why. So our, our goal here, our additional goal of the Inclusive Innovation Incubator was to really figure out how to accomplish our goals, which are to increase the number of diverse entrepreneurs, technologists, and creatives. Um, the physical space, IN3, here in Washington, D.C., is just a place where we're going to run our programs, we're going to try things, we're going to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, our long-term goal clearly is to expand our programming into different communities, even different cities and different states, to try to reach our target audience. Um, we've been at it now for about two years. Um, I think we spent the bulk of our first year focusing more on the social capital, brand awareness, you know, making people aware of what we're doing and that we're actually here. Um, the bulk of this year, we're halfway through it, was really focused on our programming. We've done our um, Glow and Grow which is very successful. We finished our um, in three labs and our, had a great in three pitch day. We still work with those entrepreneurs and we're just kind of going to wrap up um, some additional programming here, trying to squeeze in another um, IN3 labs, but definitely get going with our futures written in code. So you talked about you know, brand awareness. Let's talk about, you know, one of the things that you uh, talk about is being close as even you're submitting certain grants, you talk about being close to the community that you're serving. You're on Georgia Avenue Y and close to a university. Tell us about So we, so just a little bit of history for those who haven't followed along in the other stories. Um, after we won a $100,000 grant from J.P. Morgan Chase, we had acknowledged that we've been running clearly innovative education and we've had a bulk, bunch of other programming. But one hole was that um, we needed a physical location to run our programming. Um, our goal was to take the $100,000 and try to identify a space, you know, clearly not a very large space, but a space here in DC to start to run our programming. At that same time, the opportunity came to respond to the RFP um, to run this space here on Georgia Avenue. The location next to Howard University, the fact that it was in Washington DC, and it was an area that they were clearly trying to help rejuvenate, um, we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to respond to this proposal um, and use this space as kind of a launch pad for bigger things that we wanted to do. Um, clearly, the proximity to Howard University, well-known HBCU, would um, kind of align with our goals of, you know, increasing representation in the tech ecosystem. And so we were excited for this opportunity. We were, so we were excited for this opportunity that we were presented with. So, uh, go ahead. However, um, we we knew from the start um, that this was this was the start that our goal was not to create programming specifically for Howard University students, but to create programming for the community as a whole. Um, I think to this date, we struggled with kind of that narrative. Um, it, it started out as a program that was kind of, the narrative was really around what Howard had done and what the mayor's office had done to create this opportunity and less about kind of the value that we were bringing to the community and that it was for the community, not specifically um, for Howard University students. Um, we're going into ending our second year now and still to this day, 
uh, we run into people who are like, oh, this is a nice space for students. And we have to remind them or kind of set the goal or kind of set their mind that this is not a space that is specifically for Howard University students. This is a space that is for the community. We work with Howard to create programming for students. Um, students are welcome to partake in any of the programming we have, but this is a space that is for all people in Washington, D.C. It is not part of Howard University. But it is good to, to, to also echo the fact that you have created specific programs such as yes. the student hall, for instance. Yes, we've done an in3DC study hall. Um, we have relationships with students where we like to kind of, you know, um, converse with them to understand what programming can we do that's targeted specifically to them, you know, to take advantage of the fact that we are next to them and to also provide complimentary programming for Howard students. But, you know, our, our goal is to support the whole community um, we're currently in talks with some individuals from uh, UDC, Community College, about, you know, figuring out how can we engage them in some of the work we're doing, because even, you know, they thought we were part of Howard also. Yeah, so just, you know, when you're thinking and as we discuss about the expansion and so on and so forth, one of the things that um, I know, you know, debated, you know, saying, hey, expand, but be close to universities, be it HBCUs or, or just a, a general university. If someone was to say, hey, I want to invest in, in three, but I want it to be close to all the universities, or if based on your experience, should they, what would you say? Would you say, yes, I should be close to university, such as the historical black colleges? Uh, or should, would you say, no, I need to be more in a centralized location, and why? I mean, a lot of it depends on what the partnership will bring in the end. Um, I think there are, if the opportunity is one where we believe that it's beneficial to everyone who's involved, right, then it makes sense to position yourself uh, next to, you know, an HBC or any other university that um, is focused on the same target audience as us. However, if we can't find a, a way for the goals to be completely aligned, then it starts to kind of lose the value of the relationship. Um, our fundamental goal is to provide programs and services to increase opportunity for diverse entrepreneurs, technologists, and creatives. And so we need to be in the best location, identify the best partners whose goals are aligned with ours to meet those objectives. Um, and, and that's what we're, what we're striving to do. Um, because if, we, if we're unable to do that, then I, don't, then I think we're going to fail with what our mission is. But one of the great assets of um, N3 is the fact that you have the technology experience and the entrepreneurial mm. experience, and then you're also bringing clearly innovative education. Yes. Talk a little bit about the synergies between clearly innovative education and N3. They, I have this, uh, this, this, this thesis or theory. Mm -hmm. That um, and it ties back to the original ideas around IN three, which is the three the three C's. We're focused on a the social capital, technical capital, and the financial capital. Social capital is a physical space and the programs that we provide here to bring people together. On the technical capital is the educational programs we're doing through Futures Written in Code and the educational program that we're doing with Clearly Innovative Education. Now, the Oh, and the last part is the work we're doing through N3 Labs about um, identifying entrepreneurs and providing them with the program services, support, and mentors that they need to help launch their products. From the work that we've done and the individuals that we've spoken to, there clearly is a gap in the technical capital. A lot of great ideas, 
Um, but for tech-enabled businesses, there's this lack of technical resources to help implement these technical solutions. So through clearly innovative education and through the futures written code, we are hoping to not only create the ecosystem of technologists that could potentially go work at companies and be successful there, but technologists that can support the entrepreneurs that are going through the in three labs um, and kind of help support the ecosystem. The idea is that like in other communities, you can look around and if you have an idea for a mobile app or a website, there's someone that you might know or that someone knows who can kind of help you get that first thing off the ground. We need to create more individuals like that in our own ecosystem to kind of help us be successful. So uh, another point of you is saying, hey, I need to be a customer, right? I need to be a customer. Recently, you went to do some kind of a session mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more of that experience I mean, and the technical capital. That I mean, the when when um, I met with a group of entrepreneurs in uh, in Anacostia, and we we saw the similar patterns that we identified here through the you know the group the eighteen companies that we had at um, at In Three Labs. Uh, there was a little bit of difference. There were more co-founders, but there was still the, the technical gap was an issue. I think that. Um, I met with five different companies, and none of them had access to technical capital. Um, they had, they had act, no technical resource, no technical co-founder, um, and you know, every one of them. They were trying to do some technical assessments on their own, but uh, you really need a technical piece. And what, what was you know clear to me, and I had seen in the past, but just meeting with them reinforced it was that. At least they're at the point now where we understand in our community that we have to have the technical solution. They know that they're not going to get by with just a pitch deck. They know that they need to have some sort of platform, website, learning management system, something, um, quote, that they could utilize to demonstrate the traction to kind of get them to the next level. Um, so it, it's it's funny because it's kind of coded because they might not say you need a technical co-founder, but they'll say, well, you need to demonstrate traction, mm -hmm. right? And if I'm building, sorry, I had some technical difficulties, but the point was kind of the coded language of saying that you need traction, right? So if I don't have technical capital and I'm running a tech-enabled business and I'm being told that I need traction, well, the only way to get traction is by building a technical solution. I'm still back at the same place where I need some sort of access to some sort of technical resource to help me build something to get that traction. Um, so it's, you know, that's why I really think that um, technology is a big enabler for the whole entrepreneurial ecosystem and to kind of help us you know, move, move to the next level. So um, today you, you kind of were talking about uh, an idea or just a thought, not an idea, but you were interested in participating in a specific program. Oh. I'm not sure if you want to talk about it. And... Um, because it addresses the technical capital you're talking about. Not necessarily if you want to promote it well and good, but I would love for you to talk about it a little bit more about it. Um, well, what, what we were talking about was the, uh, the Startup Bus program that um, they partnered with J.P. Morgan Chase uh, with their Advancing Black... I forget what the I forget the name of it. I'll I'll include a link in the uh, in the video for those people who are interested. Um, and the idea is that they have a separate bus that um, is providing uh, opportunities for uh, people of color to apply to get on the bus and for 
like I think it's like 72 hours, you'll be driving through different cities, but while you're on the bus, you'll be practicing your pitch and working on a product that's focused on wealth creation in underserved communities. Um, they're trying to get a decent split of technologists, um, business people, and I think uh, marketing is kind of the other, or marketing a UI the other slot, so that they have the resources that they need, so that hopefully um, you can get some products when you get on the other end. You arrive in uh, New Orleans, there's some more programming the last two days, and it's a culminating pitch event. Um, and I think, I think programs like this are interesting. Um, it, it gives opportunities for um, entrepreneurs from these communities that might not get the access or exposure that they need to kind of get on some individual's radar screen. They said the goal is to have some angels and other investors who often you hear say they cannot identify or find diverse entrepreneurs. Now they'll be sitting right in front of them, a whole bus, that's it. It's kind of funny, you could say, I got a whole bus load of black entrepreneurs just waiting here for you, right? Um, so, I, you know, it, it's a great initiative. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I mean, you know, I, I am, I'm going back and forth on, on whether or not I'm going to apply to kind of be part of that. I have um, a bunch of ideas rolling around in my head, and uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at writing code, so I'm pretty certain I can get sling something together in 72 hours. Um, so that should be interesting. And it also gives me the opportunity as the bus is going through different places to, A, see what's going on in other diverse ecosystems, and to let folks know about the kind of work that we're doing here in our ecosystem. So. So it's funny listening to you uh, and why I, I kind of just asked that question is be uh, because earlier on and again, the same mm -hmm. answer is that for you, it's not necessarily as an entrepreneur, as a person, as a, as a business who is seeking partnerships and collaboration mm -hmm. and even in the in near future investment, mm -hmm. you're not necessarily addressing yourself as a person who's, who would be interested to pitch or so on. It's more you being a technical uh, capital for uh, either for a, a, an entrepreneur or a business or even creating a product mm -hmm. that is collaborative. Why is this, where does this emanate, like this energy of yours that is about let me be a, a catalyst, let me be a technical support for any product development? Why is it, I don't know if it's necessarily technical, maybe it's just the way I'm saying it, but in my mind, um, I guess I know my strength. Let, let me say this another way. So in my previous life in one of my other companies I worked at, it wasn't my company, company that I worked at, um, for those who don't know, I have an MBA. Um, so I, I, I have kind of that business skill. And I was hired to be a project manager, and I was a project manager for a while, and then I was hired to be a product manager, and I was a product manager for a while. Um, but the organization was struggling to find technical resources to meet their needs. And it just was an easier gap for me to feel. I won't say easier, but it was a place where I felt that my skills were like a better, better utilized yeah. as a technical resource who had the business understanding and kind of the entrepreneurial spirit, but could also kind of get their hands dirty on the technical side. And I look at it as the exact same way. Um, there's a lot of people that are running around with great ideas. There's a lot of people that are running around that can manage projects. There's a lot of people, like all of these other skills, but there's not a lot, let's just be frank, there ain't a lot of black people that can do the stuff that I do, mm -hmm. right? So if I can, if I can be, like a word, a multiplier, right? So if I can be a multiplier by the work we're doing, clearly innovative, through clearly innovative education, by training and helping other folks who might have that skill, give them the opportunity to figure out they have that skill and learn and grow, 
if I can be on something like a startup bus, and even if I'm working on one specific product, but let's say there's other junior engineers or someone who aren't as skilled as I am, I could potentially support them. This is the way I'm being a multiplier and I can have a broader effect overall. It's kind of the same thing that drives me around, like why do I create free content and post it online? Why do I kind of tweet and spread information about things that I find interesting in technology? It's about having a multiplier effect on the overall ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And this kind of ridiculous belief that maybe it'll pay you. I said it to someone else today, pay it forward. I don't know why I do this when I say pay it forward. <laughs> it just seems kind of weird, pay it forward. But, <laughs> but to have some kind of positive impact on the overall ecosystem, you know. So, no, I mean, because it's a, it's a trend of yours, right? It's yeah, I, trend, did, I right? didn't really think about it until someone made me think about it. Yeah. You know, it's just what, it's just kind of what I do. I don't know why. The, um, I wanted to do a separate conversation on this whole thing. So, for those that don't know, I have an executive coach, a business coach now. Um, it's had a lot of positive impact, not only on the work that I do, but also kind of on my personal life. But, you know, one of the things that he said to me is he's got this type thing that they do. And whatever type it is, he said, the challenge that I have as the type that I am is that I'm harder on myself than other people are. Mm. And because I'm so hard on myself, it's hard for me to kind of break through to the level where I really can be mm. because I'm so busy judging myself and that me judging myself is kind of holding me back. Mm. Um, and so even with the work that I do, I'm always feeling like there's more I could do instead of just kind of I don't want to say being happy, but kind of looking at the positive. Like, mm -hmm. like they say, count your blessings, not your disappointments, right? right? It's like, so how do I take that energy and keep and help me kind of continue to move to the next level? That's one of the things I'm kind of working on. So if I step back and think about, just as you said, all the things that I'm doing to help enhance the ecosystem, I, there should be some level of satisfaction, but there's still times that I'm sitting and I'm like, well, why didn't I do this and why didn't I do that? Mm -hmm. So, so the, the need of um, being a multiplier, where did it where did it start? Some deep racial shit now. <laughs> 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 no, it started kind of um, it started when I was back at it's interesting because when I was back at I don't even think I ever told you this. I started when I was back at boarding school. After I graduated from boarding school, I was like meeting with this woman who was like a, a uh, a counselor for a bunch of the students um, and she'd also become a personal friend of me because my three sisters were there also my three sisters and we, we were talking about this similar thing and she just looked at me and she said Aaron one day it's like when do you when do you have to stop doing things for all black people like why why can't it just be about you doing good for yourself right, right? Um, and I don't, I don't know you know, I always had a thing is I don't want to just be another quote statistic. Mm -hmm. I did the quote thing again. <laughs> right? I don't want to be a statistic. And it's like this this perception that people have of, of, of specifically black men in the community. Um, so that whole statistic, it's horrible to say, but that whole idea of a statistic and kind of falling into that narrative of what people expect around people of color mm -hmm. is, is probably, you know, my cross to bear, which I should let go probably creating a lot of other challenges for you in my life. Um, but I think that's tied into this kind of whole desire to be a multiplier, right? Is it, if, if I've been given this, this, uh, this blessing or this skill or whatever you want to call it. Blessings. And, and I'm, and I spoke to, I, we spoke about this before, and I'm being, quote, selfish with it. You know, I struggle with that. It's like, Laren, if you've been given this blessing or this opportunity, you know, why aren't you sharing it? Why aren't you trying to multiply it in some other way? And I, can't, I guess 
that's kind of ties into it all of, of um, me wondering for a while, like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Mm. And that's how I ended up getting into the education stuff and all these other things. I realized, well, maybe this is, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing with it. I'm supposed to be trying to help other people with it, you know, hopefully making some money along the way, but, you know, trying to do something positive overall, you know. And I, I think, as I told you before, having my son definitely changed a lot of that. When you're, when it's just you, you're not married, you've got no kids, you just run around and do what the hell you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when you start to have a child, you know, and specifically a son, and you start to get older and you're looking back at this little dude looking at you, expecting you to kind of, you know, who's... You know, a lot of kids look to their parents as kind of their heroes, their role models. And um, you say, well, what am I doing in my life that my son is going to be proud of? Or, mm. or look at me, quote, as a hero. Now, you, they go through that when they're little. They look at you as a hero. But as they get older, you're like, you're just my dad who's busting my arm all the time, right? <laughs> but once they move past that phase, right, you still want them to look and kind of be proud of the work you're doing and, you know, be something that, you know, hopefully they want to aspire to do and, and make them kind of, Look at the life, their life, and their world and their community a little bit different. Because we just went way, we went no, way no, no, the other no, direction. Because we're gonna circle back because that's the legacy that you're leaving for yes. your, to your child. Um, and just going back, uh, I'm not sure. You know, you have also a daughter, mm -hmm. and you uh, are gradually integrating her or immersing her in technology because you have a program, upcoming program, yep. and talk about that. And so we a there's a program that we're partnering with the group called SC4K. Tomorrow they're running an entrepreneurship and STEM program for kids here in Washington, D.C. Uh, my daughter um, has always been interested in technology because she sees that I do it. She calls IN3 the IN3. She's, when she grows up, she's going to run the IN3. Um, and she wants to learn to code and stuff. So I think even in that way, just creating an environment where she has access to this opportunity, even if she never wants to code, but at least she's been able to come to some events, see other people that look like her, see other professional you know women women of color technologists it's it's now something that she can if one day she decides to be it or once she wants to do it's not like she it's not like she needs to imagine it right because she's seen other people that do it so i, I think that's important so as we conclude uh we'll talk about other things that we had mm -hmm. uh, planned for today but uh three things given three what is given three given three is a nonprofit that we started about two years ago um, to support uh, programs and services that we run either through the Inclusive Innovation Incubator or through Clearly Innovative Education. The idea is that we want to be able to use the nonprofit as a way to support the program services through scholarships or um, any hardware, software, whatever is needed to help us provide access to the programs. So it's given3.org. Given3 okay, and you have Clearly Innovative? Yeah, Clearly Innovative, a web and mobile development firm that we started almost 10 years ago here in Washington, D.C., with an intentional focus on um, hiring um, individuals of color um, and giving them a learning opportunity for them to kind of get their gateway into um, a technology job. Uh, and through that model, the three top companies that... Uh, the, three top, the top companies we work with is, um, we've been working with the National Museum of African American History Culture. We built their mobile website and their content management system for them. Connected to them, we worked on a project that was funded by the Robert Smith Foundation called Community Curator, which is a way for um, specifically folks of the African American community to take um, artifacts, content that they might have at their home, upload it onto the system, 
and kind of tag it and tell stories about it. What, what, what they're trying to do is kind of turn the museum model around, where normally when you go to a museum, you look at a piece and it tells you how big it is, what color it is, where it came from, and how old it is. There's no story around that piece. The whole idea of community curator is to tell a story of whatever this item is, and then allow other people to kind of come online uh, and find these pieces, and if they're somehow re related to them, add additional value to it. Uh, another third the, company? Is the Inclusive Innovation Incubator. No, 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 the third company, you said uh, the Oh, Bach. sorry, the Bach, uh, the, the, uh, the Community Cur Curator. Um, uh, we have a, one of our other largest clients was Red Cross. We worked on the e-commerce system for them. Um, we, and we've also worked with some smaller startups. One of our a longer term client we have now is a company called Fence. Uh, they provide a solution that allows, allows you to kind of send out alerts if things are happening or if you observe something. We have another client, a long term client that we work with is, um, I don't remember the name of the company, but basically what the product is, is for migrant, migrant workers, which, which uh, provides them access to information that they need as they're kind of moving around the country, um, wherever they work. And uh, the last uh, company is In3, tell us about last company is In3, Inclusive Innovation Incubator, um, focused on creating program services and support for diverse entrepreneurs. Primary focus is Blow and Grow, which is a women empowerment entrepreneurship program. Futures Written Code, which is our technology training program. And then In3 Labs, which is our tech-enabled business bootcamp. And under all of this, you are running Clearly Innovative Education. Yes, and then Clearly Innovative Education is a brand that exists inside of Clearly Innovative, which we started almost five years ago. So thank you, everyone, for your time. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Wonderful.